I want to talk today about how to be a good friend. I just want to teach you how to be a good friend. Uh, I want you to have lifelong, life-giving friendships that will help you in your walk with Jesus. I'm going to teach you today how to be a good friend. Father, teach us today from your word. Help us and lead us and guide us. Speak to us, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen and amen. Let me just refresh for a second. I just want to remind you again that from Genesis 2, God said it is not good. It is not good for man to be alone. It is God's will for you to have life-giving friendships and relationships, to have relationships and friendships that keep you focused on God, that keep you focused on your destiny. It is not good for you to be alone. You cannot fulfill God's purpose on your life without the right people. You cannot do it alone. There is no such thing as a self-made man. Whether you agree or don't agree, I'm telling you, uh, you are the product of your relationships. Even sociologists tell us that your current paycheck, your, what you currently make, is about the average of the five closest people to you. And so millionaires usually don't hang out with people that are very poor, and people that are very poor usually don't hang out with millionaires. You usually find your tribe, you find your squad, and it begins to create your life. It begins to create the quality of your life. One person said it like this, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. But most of us, when we talk about relationships, especially in church, we end up talking about finding the right friends. But here's what I've noticed. You can find the right friends, but if you're still the wrong friend... And by the way, if you're not a good friend, you won't be a good boyfriend, you won't be a good girlfriend, you won't be a good spouse, you won't even be a good parent. You've, you've got to, friendship is the base level of all relationships. And if you can learn to be a good friend, every other relationship will work. Now, sociologists tell us that every one of us in this room deals with this issue. We deal with crowded loneliness, crowded loneliness. Here's what crowded loneliness is. Every person in America has about 35 relationships. If you're in church, that jumps to about 45. So you, you're in here today, you have about 45 connections. You have so many people that you end up lonely because you're trying to juggle 45 relationships. Let me just set you free. You don't have to write everybody back. You never text back, I'm busy. You don't have to answer every phone call. I'm telling you the truth. Because here's what will happen. You'll end up giving attention to someone that isn't even assigned to your destiny while ignoring the people God has put in your life. You don't have to respond to everything on Facebook. You don't have to respond to every message. You don't have to respond to everyone that is petty on your Instagram page. You can delete and move forward. I'm telling you, what happens is we end up lonely. We have 45 relationships in our life, but we're lonely. Why? Because it's crowded loneliness. We have so many people that we never end up focusing on the right people. So here, here is the lie of our culture. It's gonna come up on the screen. The lie of the culture is I need more friends. The truth is you need the right friends. 
I just need more people in my life. I just need more people. There's, there's this, this assumption that the happiest people have the most relationships. That's not true. The happiest people are the people who have the right relationships. You just need the right friends. There's this hashtag squad goals. You just need a squad. A squad is a small group of people with a common purpose. I don't need 50 people in my squad. I need three or four. I don't need everybody to like me. I need three or four people to like me. I don't need everybody to fight with me. I just need three or four people to fight with me and fight for me and help me on my journey. I don't need everybody in this room to even like me. I just need to know that I got a couple of people that actually love me. That I, I told Jared and, and um, Daniel, I said, sit on the front row. I told Weston, can you please sit on the front row? Why do you need people on the front row? Because I just need somebody that I know loves me to help me preach. Thanks. You don't, you don't need everybody. You just need the right somebody. <laughs> Let me give you three things about being a good friend. I want to help you be a good friend. Number one, a good friend is a courage giver. Sarcastic people don't have a lot of friends. Narcissistic people don't have a lot of friends. Insecure people don't have a lot of friends. Gossips don't have a lot of friends. Let me tell you as let me tell you has who has good friends. Let me tell you who a good friend is. A good friend is a courage giver. Acts chapter 4 tells us that there was this man Joseph. He was so encouraging that the, the, the apostle said, we will no longer call you Joseph. We're going to call you Barnabas. Barnabas means encourager the son of encouragement. They literally said, all that comes out of your mouth is positivity. All I can call you is encouragement. You will go into hell with a water pistol. My God, you are awesome. <laughs> encouragement. Uh, you, you, if you want good friendships and if you want to be a good friend, you're going to have to learn how to be an encourager. An encourager, when we say encouragement, it means to give courage to place into courage, to put in courage, to give confidence, to give hope, to give hope, to give hope. To, to, when, when, when someone around you gets a bad haircut and you go, it'll grow back. <laughs> it's avant-garde. Baby, that steak isn't burnt. It's extra crispy. Amen. I'm telling you, your breath isn't bad. It's unusual. It's unique. Maybe you want it to smell like mint, but it's not terrible. It's just new. I've never smelled that smell. Become a person of encouragement. I love this word encouragement in the Hebrew language. It means this, to restore to strength to get back to your strength. Listen, if you want to be a good friend, you're gonna have to learn how to encourage people. Don't tease people. Don't be sarcastic all the time. It's okay to crack a joke every once in a while, but I don't, I'll tell you, in my life, there is no one in my close circle that is a teaser. There's no one in my close circle that is sarcastic. There is no one in my circle that doesn't know how to celebrate, doesn't know how to celebrate me. 
Shoot, if you can't celebrate me, why am I going to give you all my time? I just need someone who will say, man, you carry your weight incredibly well. Thank you. I have a long torso. It really works for me. You're so photogenic. Thanks. I just, that's what my mama says. You just need somebody to encourage you. You will never lose, watch it, you will never lose helping someone else win. Well, if I help them win, am I, am I going to lose? No, no, no. God said it like this in the book of Proverbs, refresh others and you'll be refreshed. You help somebody else win, God will help you win. If you help someone else win, God will make sure people are in your life that'll help you win. Help somebody win. Help your spouse win. Help your kids win. Help your friends win. Help your boyfriend win. Help your girlfriend win. Stop trying to tear them down all the time. Don't be sarcastic to your spouse. Don't listen. When 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 that dude takes out the trash ladies, treat him like a king. Tell him he's awesome. Tell him he did it. You did so good, baby, pulling that plastic out and walking it. I mean, I don't know how you do it after a 60-hour work week, but you're so fine, baby. Like love on him. Dude, when your wife is cooking dinner, go up behind her. Wrap your arms around her like you're 16 and say, girl, this dinner is going to be so bomb. I cannot wait. You look so hot when you cook. My God. Listen, say something. And she's going, oh, I just bought a rotisserie chicken from Albertsons. Oh, no, girl. But you picked the right chicken, and you know how to cut it right. And you know, I I told you I'm not going to talk about sex. But I'm just saying. Ladies, you want romance, encourage him. Men, you want the fulfillment of romance. Encourage her. Encourage your kids. Look at your boy and say, buddy, I'm so proud of you. Look at your girl. I'm so proud of you. You're amazing. You can take over the world. Do something crazy with your life. You can do whatever you want to do. Girl, go to college. You don't want to go to college. You're a creative. Like, be encouraging. (laughs) Release them. People don't need less courage. People don't need less love. People don't need less praise. They need more of it. And if you want to be, be a people magnet, learn to encourage. Your words of encouragement have the power of life and death. Proverbs 18, 21. The power of life and death, it is in the tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. Listen, when, when you speak words of life, not only do you eat your words, but people around you eat your words. Be a person that puts courage into people. Be a per- celebrate people. Tell people they're awesome. Tell people they're incredible. Tell people, man, I'm, I, you're, you're so great at what you do. And when, I, when, I, when I'm saying this, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about lying. I'm, I'm just talking about I'm quick to compliment. I'm quick to think. I'm quick to show kindness. I'm quick to encourage. I'm telling you, some of you, your marriage, all it needs is a little encouragement. Oh, my husband is, blah, 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 blah. all he needs is a little encouragement. Oh, my wife is, a, all she needs. I'm telling you, for some of you, it's that easy. It's just showing love. That's all it is. Now listen, an encourager 
we're not talking about being in denial. We're just choosing to see the good. So if someone walks in the room and you look at them and go, you look tired. It doesn't help. It doesn't, you're not helping them win. Look at them and say, let's go get some coffee. And they're going to go, oh my God, how'd you know I need it? I don't know. I just am a prophet. I don't know. Just show some love. Just show some love. Just be a person of encouragement. A good friend is a courage giver. Number two, a good friend is a truth teller. Ooh, you got to learn to tell the truth and shame the devil. Uh, so let me start here. Stop lying. Just don't lie. Let's start right there. Don't lie to your friends. Don't lie to your kids. Don't lie to your spouse. Don't lie on your taxes. Don't lie. Don't lie. Stop lying. Just don't lie. Here's the problem with lying. It gets easier. (laughs) Here's Here's a huge issue with lying. The more you do it, the more you believe it. You know, a compulsive liar thinks they're telling the truth. They do. I get people who will compliment the weirdest. Oh, man, those are great shoes. I've got a pair of those. Oh, that's cool. Why aren't you wearing them? I, yeah, I just don't ever wear them, but those are cool. It's like, what? Like, homie, you're lying about shoes? Like, people lie about the craziest thing. Just don't lie. Just don't lie about anything. Hey, what are you doing tonight? I don't want to hang out. <laughs> EJ, give me a five, because you felt, give me a five. You felt that in the spirit. I felt you say that. I just, I just felt you went, oh, Jesus. Don't, don't go, oh, yeah, you know, I might. Ha-. No, no, just write back. I am Netflixing and chilling with me and Jesus. And I, it, this is what I'm doing tonight. I'm not hanging out. Y'all want to go to dinner? No. I love you, but don't, don't make up weird excuses. Oh, man, can't make it tonight. Yeah, and then, the, and then they see you on Instagram doing something else. Just tell the truth. Just tell the truth. I'm just saying, don't become a liar. Just don't go there. Just tell the truth about everything. For my serve team, if you can't do a Sunday, don't make up an excuse. Just say, can't do it. Overslept. Don't, don't lie and say you're sick. Oh, sorry. I just, uh, uh, I just uh, uh, uh. have you noticed when people say they're sick, they start acting sick? Yeah, I just, uh, I just, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, man. I just, uh, I'm just, oh, man. I just, uh. just say, I overslept. Don't say, oh, I accidentally sent the AM to the PM and I never, don't be a liar. Because people feel it. Just tell the truth. Tell the truth to your spouse. Tell the truth to your friends. Don't, don't get into a habit of lying because it gets easier. And when I, when I say be a truth teller, I'm not saying be a know-it-all. Oh, Jamin, I just keep it real. I got to keep it 100 all the time. No, you don't. Sometimes you just got to shut your mouth. Hey. This. Honey, does this make me look fat? 
I love you so much. You didn't answer the question. I can't even think. You're so pretty. Like just, fellas, just, you don't have to be a know-it. I told you so. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just be a person of truth. Be a person of truth. But, but number two, let me, let me ask you this question. Do you have truth tellers in your life? So here's some big questions. Who can tell you no? Who can just say no? Who can look at you dead in the eye and say no? And you say, well, I'm grown. I'm, I'm over 18. I'm an adult. Listen, you better learn to graciously receive feedback if you ever want to get anywhere in life. Well, I ain't going to let my boss talk to me like that. Well, then you're just going to go from job to job to job to job. Well, yeah, well, they got all up in my business and were trying to tell me how to do it. Maybe that's what you, who can, who, who, do you have an inner circle that can look at you and say, don't act like that. Don't post that. You don't have to get involved in that. Don't fight that battle. Who can help you? Who can rebuke you? Legit, yesterday, I talked to my wife and I said, can, can I do this, this? And she said, no. And I said, yes, ma'am. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I have a board of men in my life that can say no. And if they say no, it's a no. Who can get in your face and in your personal space and call you out? Oh, pastor, you can do that. I don't know you. Don't come to me for life advice after service. I don't know you. You need people in your life, godly people in your life that can say, don't do that. Don't say that. Don't wear that. trying to help you win. I'm trying to help you win. Proverbs 18.1. He who willfully separates himself from God and man seeks his own desires. I, I'm reading out of the Amplified. Oh yeah, there it is. And he quarrels against all sound wisdom. Have you separated yourself? Have you isolated yourself? I don't know. Lean in. Lean in to what God is doing in your life. Oh, God, speak to me. Most of the time, God's going to speak to you through a person in your life. <laughs> and it's not going to be a thus saith the Lord. It's just going to be wisdom. Don't separate yourself. Don't isolate yourself. The devil wants you isolated. My wife and I, you know, uh, for some of you that don't know, we were blessed for the last about seven years. We've traveled. We literally got to travel the world and preach the gospel and that took us to some pretty cool places, including Africa, and we got to go on a week-long safari in between preaching on Sundays, and it was incredible, and you get in this big Jeep, and you start driving down, and the, the person uh, who's there, they said, don't be afraid of the animals. They just see us as one huge animal. They see that Jeep, and even the, even the rhinos, you know, even the elephants, they go, okay, that's, he's bigger than me. Even the lions, I mean, they see you near, you're in that Jeep. And as long as you're in the Jeep, you're safe. Look at someone around you, say, stay in the Jeep. Look at one more person, say, stay in the Jeep. So they said, all you got to do is stay in the Jeep. But they said, they said when, when, that, when that lion looks at us, 
or, or I should say it like this, when the lion looks at you, he sees us. But they said the moment, and they could just be chilling, you know, licking their paws and doing their thing, sunbathing. But they said the moment you jump out of your car, out of this Jeep, they now see you as a beautiful, rare ribeye. <laughs> and, and, and they will go from chillaxing in the sun to eating lunch like that. They said, you have to stay in the Jeep. Listen, friend. Stay in the Jeep. Stay in the Jeep of friendship. Stay in the Jeep of truth. Stay in the Jeep of pastoral covering. Stay in the Jeep of you need a pastor. I may not be your pastor, but find a pastor. Find someone that can look at you in the eye and say, this is what I think you should do. And I'm not going to tell you it's God. I'm going to tell you it's me. But this is what I feel for you. And I'm telling you, I believe this is what, you know, Paul even wrote that to some of the churches. He would write something and then he would say, this isn't the Lord. This is me. Like, I, I don't know if I have the wisdom of heaven. I'm just telling you, this is what I think you should do. Maybe you're in this room. I, I felt led to say this this week. Maybe you're in this room, and I don't want to look at anybody. I'll look at the ceiling. <laughs> but maybe you've been coming for weeks and weeks, and, you're, and you come and you check us out, and you check us out. Maybe it's time to just plug in and get a part of the Jeep. And maybe it's time to stop hopping from Jeep to Jeep to Jeep to Jeep. And maybe it's time to just go, you know what? I like Jabin. He's funny. I like the worship. He carries his weight really well. <laughs> Who's helping me right there? I'm going to make this my church. And maybe it's just time to say, this is home. And it's time to jump in. Because I'm telling you, a Christian in a Jeep is a safe Christian. Lastly, a good friend is a prayer warrior. That's a term we don't use anymore, huh? But I love that term. I grew up in a church that had prayer warriors. Hey. They had white hair, and some of them had blue or pink hair. And they were crazy Pentecostal grandma-mamas. And they would pray. And they would, they would tarry for the Lord. And the, and the sanctuary would open to them hours before service and they would pray and they would intercede and they would call down heaven and they would rebuke demons and they would cast out devils and they would, they would, they would loose the angels and they were powerful women of God and they would pray. Man, I feel the anointing just talking about it. And they would pray and they would pray and they weren't perfect, but they learned how to pray. I just, I'm, I want to call a new generation to become a prayer warrior. I'm talking about you're 20 and you learn how to pray an hour a day. You're 25 and you're busy and you're married and you got kids, but you know what it is to get in the secret place with the almighty God and you shut the door behind you and you learn to seek God and you learn to pray and you learn how to hear the still small voice of the Holy Spirit and text your friend and say, I love you and I'm praying for you right now. I don't know what you're going through, but I'm for you. I don't know what you're dealing with, but I'm with, I'm a prayer warrior. I, I'm looking for some people who know how to pray. This morning I woke up and one of my favorite people in our church there in California this week, but um, she's 70 years old. And I, and I told her, I said, I said, sis, you pray, I'll preach. So this morning she woke up and she said, I'm praying, go preach. And I love that. It, and I love that, that, that awesome woman of God 
in her 70s, feels like she has a place in this church. But listen to me, I'm looking at some 18-year-olds today. I'm looking at some 22-year-olds today. I'm looking at some 25-year-olds today who say, you know what, I'm gonna become a man of prayer. I'm gonna become a woman of prayer. I'm gonna become a person of the presence of God that knows the anointing of God, that knows the power of God, that knows how to flow in the Holy Ghost, that knows how to, that knows how to pray for my pastor, and knows how to pray for breakthrough, that knows how to pray for miracles, and knows how to pray for the, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about being a prayer warrior. Come on, can we be a church of prayer? Can we be a church of power? Oh, can we be a church that, oh my God, the screen is awesome and the lights are incredible and the sound is perfect and the worship is excellent and the people are beautiful and, they're, and we're nice and we're kind and, and we're encouraging and I, I want all of that, but I want people to walk in and say, there is a sense in the room. I don't even believe, but I got chill bumps on my arms. I feel something when I come here. I sense something when I'm in, when Jabin begins to preach. Something hits my soul when Bree begins to sing. Something stirs my heart whenever the band begins to play. And it's not just emotion. It's not just excellence. There is a, there is a next dimension. It's called the faith realm, the spirit realm, the kingdom realm. It only happens through prayer. It only happens through fasting. And I'm telling you, become a good friend. Become a prayer warrior. Come on, give God a shout of praise. I feel this. I want our church to pray. I would love... I would love for one day that we could, that one day I could be able to say, church, let's pray. And there's like a crackle in the room of prayer. There's like a, there's an expectation. People just know in the name of Jesus, they know how to pray with power. They know how to pray and expect miracles, signs and wonders. I'm going to do a whole series in August on miracles and on the power of prayer. So I'm going to teach you how. Some of you are looking at me going, I love it. Teach me how. Okay, I'm going to teach you how. But, but, in, but I'm just telling you, learn to pray. James chapter 5 verse 16 says this, confess your sins one to another. Pray for each other. The prayer of a righteous person. I'm not righteous. Yes, you are. If you're a Christian, you have the righteousness of Jesus. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Come on up, Jorge. It's powerful and it's effective. Learn how to be a person of prayer. Learn how to be a good friend. And learn this, I love this. Learn the power of the awkward and immediate prayer. Oh man, leave that up for a second. I love this. Learn the power of the awkward and immediate prayer. So, so that's when, when, when Amber says, hey, Jabin, can you be praying for me this week? Because I got this thing going on. And, and I go, oh, sister, praise the Lord. I'll be praying for you. Glory to God. And I walk away and forget. And that's what you do too. So don't judge me. Learn the power, keep that up, of the awkward. So hey, hey, be praying for me. I got a big, oh, that's awesome. And everyone's around, I go, let's pray right now. <sighs> yes, right now. Learn the power of the awkward and the immediate. I, I, had, I had a few meetings this week that I, I left the meeting and I went, Jabin, why didn't you just, in that moment, there was faith. Why didn't you just pray? Because it's awkward. And there's no condemnation, but I felt like the Holy Spirit pricking at my heart saying, Jabin, learn this. And not because you're the pastor, but because you're a good friend. I'm not talking about how to be a pastor today, friend. I'm talking about how to be a good friend. I'm talking about husband when your wife is struggling 
and you just say, let's pray. I don't want to pray right now. Well, neither do I. It's awkward, but it's immediate. We're going to pray. Because the prayer of a righteous man, the prayer of a righteous woman, it avails much. It's got power. Ladies, learn how to just wrap your arm around your husband and say, I'm going to pray for you right now. I know you got a big meeting today. Let's pray. I know you got a big contract. This, I, know you, I know you need wisdom. Let's pray. I know we're believing God for favor. Let's pray. Learn the power of the awkward, immediate prayer where you grab your teenager and begin to pray for them as they're trying to tase you to get off of them. But in the name of Jesus, it's like you're praying for a tiger. But you just, in the name of Jesus, learn the power of a public prayer. Learn the power of an awkward prayer. Learn the power of an immediate prayer because your prayers have power. And if they're going through hell, you don't need to pray advice into them. You can pray, Lord, I don't even know what to say. We need you. He needs you. She needs you. Help us in Jesus' name. And it could be that one little thing that oxygen hits their soul and they go, okay, I got a good friend. I got a good friend. I'll I take you back to Proverbs. I got a good friend who was born for adversity. I don't know if you understand. Nita, I was born for your fight. I was born for your adversity. This woman has gone through hell with some things over the last few months and she would call me and I would say, I'm praying, let's pray. I was, I'm, I'm born for that. I was, I was born to be a pastor to fight for you. I'm born for the, adver- I'm not just born for the mountaintop. I'm born for the adversity. You going through hell, let's go, let's link arms. I'm with you. I'm not just with you when it's good. I'm with you when it's bad. You going through something in a legal battle, in a spiritual battle, in a physical battle, you need some healing. Come on, we were born for this. This is why this church is here. I was born for it. And friend, if you want to be a good friend, your friends are going to have to know that you are not a mountaintop friend only. But I was born for the fight. I was born for the struggle. I love it all. You just sinned so stupid. You just ruined your life. Guess what? You may even lose your spouse, but you ain't going to lose me because I was born for the adversity. You just lost your business. You ain't going to lose me. I was born born for the fight. You just did something and you feel like you derailed your destiny. You ain't going to lose me because a good friend loves at all times and a good friend. I was born for the fight. And I'm not preaching about me. I'm telling you. I'm a prayer warrior. I was born for the fight. Peter was in prison. Acts chapter 12, verse 5, and the people prayed. Feel like you're in a prison? I'm praying for you. Feel like the doctors gave you a diagnosis and it's put you in a prison of fear and sickness? I'm praying for you. Feel like your spouse just told you something that absolutely took the wind out of your sails and you don't know how y'all are going to make it? I'm praying for you. You feel like your kid just said something that you never thought they would say and never thought they would think. And you feel like you're in a prison of shock. I'm praying for you. And the Bible says the church prayed because they were prayer warriors. And the Bible said the angel of the Lord found Peter, woke him up, pulled him out of that prison, and he got delivered. Why? Because he had some good friends that didn't just love him when he was preaching from the pulpit but they loved him when he was in the fight of his life and they learned how to pray they were prayer 
warriors. I'm calling our church to pray for each other. Look at somebody around you. Tell them, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm pray- Find one more person. Tell them, say, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm going to do something before we dismiss. You are not dismissed, but please stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray for you right now. We're going to go old school church. Catch hands with the people on your right and on your left right now. You are squeezing the hand of a miracle. You don't even know it. You don't know the hell they've been through, but here they are by the grace of God. You don't know the fight they've had this week, but here they are by the grace of God. You don't know what the doctor told them, but here they are by the grace of God. You don't know what's going on in their personal, and I know they smiled and clapped and shouted and praised, and they look like the most super Christian, but you don't know the fight they're going through. But I just want everybody who has someone holding their hand, I want you to squeeze that hand, and I want you to let them know they're not alone. I want you to let them know they're in the Jeep of God's church. And the lion of hell will not be able to devour them. And as you hold their hand, I pray in the name of Jesus right now, I declare breakthrough for you. I declare miracles for you. I declare your broken heart is being mended. I declare your marriage is not over. I declare you shall live and not die and declare what the Lord has done. I declare miracles are your portion. And I declare we are entering into a supernatural move of God for this church and you are about to experience the favor and the greatness of God like never before and you will not be able to deny the goodness and the grace of God and for everybody who's in a fight we just tell you right now we were born for this moment you will not die in the fight you will not give up in the fight you will not lose this battle for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world but more than that you also have a church that loves you that is praying for you and we believe God for your breakthrough right now in Jesus name amen and amen come on give God some praise